Welcome to the Homeschooling Through High School podcast. We hope you will join us for a time that will inspire, support, challenge, and encourage you, our fellow homeschooling families, through the high school years. Join me, Becky Simpkins, as I get to sit down and chat with special guests that will bring a wide range of wisdom, experience, and stories to help you on your homeschooling journey. This episode has been sponsored by Awaken, a Living Books educational conference featuring guest speakers Liz Cottrell, Emily Kaiser, and Nicole Williams from A Delectable Education, Michelle Howard, author of Truth Quest History and a Living Books Librarian, as well as Kelsey Ray, Jessica Becker, and Stephanie Acker. Join us July 21st and 22nd in beautiful Traverse City, Michigan, for a time to be inspired, refreshed, and awakened to the Living Books lifestyle. To learn more and to purchase tickets, please visit livingbooksconference.com. On today's episode, we are going to dive into the subject of teaching your child to read, and more specifically, dyslexia. I have commented a lot on the various homeschooling Facebook pages I'm a part of, especially when there are questions about struggling readers. These moms who express their child's difficulty in learning to read and their struggle to teach that child to read sounds just like I did nine, almost 10 years ago. My oldest daughter has a dyslexic learning style, but before we knew that she was dyslexic, it was a rough season in our homeschool and in our relationship. I misinterpreted her inability to translate the letters on a flat surface into appropriate sounds as laziness. I struggled to understand how she could grasp a single sound, say it correctly, but then when she saw the same sound on the next page, 10 seconds later, she would look at it as if she had never seen it before. The curriculum we were using at the time was teach your child to read in 100 easy lessons. I am in no way bashing this curriculum because I've used it with my other two children. But with my oldest, I quickly found out that even though the lessons were supposed to be easy, being phonics-based, with the seemingly natural progression to it, it wasn't working. I didn't even think that the way in which I was teaching was at all wrong for her. I naturally assumed that the curriculum was the problem, or perhaps maybe she just wasn't ready to start. Early on in our homeschooling journey, I succumbed to the pressure from certain people in my life to keep to a public school timeline of when a kid should know how to read. At that point, I was already behind and failing to teach my child to read. I felt that way, at least. She was nearing the age of eight, so I must be failing at this homeschooling thing, right? Wrong. None of that was true. However, The most devastating thing about that time was that my relationship with my daughter suffered because I felt as if she was being defiant, lazy, and stubborn, so I would discipline her, and she was none of that. I wronged her, and it took time to repair our relationship. Honestly, I asked my then eight-year-old for forgiveness and not understanding how God had created her to view and process the world. Side note. When you hear that character building and relationships are the most important thing about homeschooling, 
It's an absolutely true statement. Do not let the curriculum come between you and your child. Take the time to grow in discernment so you can know when it is time to persevere and when it is time to recycle. Thankfully, I ran into a library volunteer in whom I confided my struggles. She told me about dyslexia and the Grand Traverse Dyslexia Association, where we could get my daughter tested and a tutor if needed. When hearing the testing results, I remember almost crying. I remember saying, but I taught her those sounds already. How does she not know them? I had much to learn about the dyslexic brain. One thing I now understand is that reading ability exists on a spectrum with one end being those children who can read prolifically at a young age and the other end of the spectrum being word blind. Somewhere closer to the word blind side is the dyslexia zone. Some kids don't test dyslexic enough to garner individualized tutoring help, which is sad. Other kids like my daughter were quite obviously dyslexic. Shortly after her testing, she began twice a week tutoring sessions. But because of the expense, the logistics, and our traveling in the winter, I took the training they offered in the Orton-Gillingham method and shadowed my daughter's tutor so I could tutor her myself. Since then, I have spent a lot of time educating myself on dyslexia and sharing as much as I can about this amazing learning style. Yes, a dyslexic learning style. I learned to empower my daughter with those new words, dyslexic learning style. I did not want her to see it as a weakness or a bad label, but as permission to be different and own it. The more I read about dyslexia, especially in the Dyslexic Advantage by Brock Eide, I realized that a dyslexic learning style is a gift. God created my daughter this way for a reason. She is now 17 and reading just fine, but she prefers audiobooks. She can write in cursive, but prefers to fill journals in runic and elvish. She sees in pictures, can move things around in her head, and can play a mean electric guitar. Is she the strongest reader or a good speller? No, but she can read and write and interpret what she sees on the page into a translatable, meaningful language in her head. We spent years slogging it out together over lessons. Some days she loved me and some days she didn't want anything to do with me. But she was making progress. She had good days and bad days. I gave her grace sometimes and sometimes I challenged her. She graduated from the program around age 15. And I am so proud of her. I'm proud of us. I share all of this to give you hope. It is frustrating and daunting when you are doing your absolute best to teach your child to read or to help a struggling reader, and it's not going well. But let's consider that there is more than one way to teach reading, because there's more than one way to look at the world. And to emphasize that point, I'm going to tell you about my other two children and how they learned to read. It will forever amaze me how my husband and I could have three children so different and how perfectly that is emphasized and summed up in their How I Learned to Read story. (music) 
You already know about my oldest daughter and her years of individualized tutoring sessions. My second daughter didn't want to be taught how to read. She just wanted to read. She endured my trying to teach her, again going through the 100 Easy Lessons book, but never making it all the way through. I think I bribed her just to make it to lesson 50. Again, she complained at the start of another reading lesson and again expressed, I don't want to learn how to read. I just want to read. So I called her bluff. Okay, that's great. Why don't you pick out a book you want to read? And when you come to a word you don't know, just point to it and I'll tell you the word. She happily went and picked out a book, which I saw was going to be over her reading ability. I was figuring on having to open up 100 Easy Lessons again the next day as an I told you so, but I was wrong. When she came to the word balloon, she pointed to it. I told her the word, and the next time she saw the word, she knew it. I never opened the 100 Easy Lessons book with her again. She learned how to read by just reading books of ever-increasing difficulty. So much different than my oldest child. My son, my third child, is still growing in his reading ability. He is 12 and part dyslexic, as I fondly say. Only part dyslexic because the phonics-based, multi-sensory approach to reading didn't fit him early on. He was not developmentally ready to read. Instinctually, I knew he was my better late than early kid. I waited until he was interested and motivated to learn to read before seriously teaching him. Oh, we dabbled with lessons before then, of course, trying to find the right teaching method and curriculum. He would grasp certain sounds and sight words, and then he'd come to a wall, and we'd have to pause, redirect, and reevaluate. Then we'd begin again with a slightly different approach. Things would go well for several months, and then he'd hit another wall. Pause, redirect, reevaluate. This process happened over and over until finally the merging of the hunger to read and the developmental readiness to read merged. My son is my biggest book nerd by far. He loves to collect books like I do, and he is the only one of my three children to graduate from completing all the Teach Your Child to Read in 100 Easy Lessons. And he's very proud of that fact. Even with continued reading lessons after graduating from the 100 Easy Lessons, he is still struggling, but he is getting there. But I wonder, where have I gone wrong? What am I missing? As Sally Shaywitz, MD, talks about in her book, Overcoming Dyslexia, by schools not recognizing shades of gray represented by struggling children who haven't yet failed enough to meet a particular criterion, schools may be under-identifying many children who will go on to experience significant reading problems. In a school setting where dyslexia is viewed categorically with a gap that separates dyslexia and good readers, my son would have not failed enough to meet a particular criterion in order to get help. Reading ability exists on a spectrum, as I shared earlier, a dimensional model versus a categorical one, or an unbroken continuum of reading ability and reading disability. Have I also failed to recognize this? Even knowing what I know? Is my son progressing just fast enough that I didn't recognize his need for individualized tutoring again? I think this is very much the case. 
You see, I don't always get it right, and that's okay. And I don't always recognize what my kids need when they need it, and that's okay. But what is not okay is to recognize that there is an issue and then do nothing about it. You are witnessing a definite lesson in humility for me right now, people. For whatever excuse or justification I'd like to attach to this oversight, I'm not going to. I recognize my failings, and I'm now doing something about it. I want to remain teachable. So I'm going to bust out all my dyslexia information and books, test my son for his current language understanding, and then write his lessons. I encourage you to learn with me. There is a preponderance of podcasts and websites about dyslexia, so I won't talk any more about it here today other than to provide some resources for you as a starting point. My top three book recommendations are The Secret Life of the Dyslexic Child by Robert Frank, Overcoming Dyslexia by Sally Shaywitz, The Dyslexic Advantage by Brock Eide, and their website of the same name, dyslexicadvantage.org and some websites understood.org lexercise.com that's l-e-x-e-r-c-i-s-e homeschoolingwithdyslexia.com and the International Dyslexia Association at dyslexiaida.org It has so many amazing articles and studies, especially their articles, Social and Emotional Problems Related to Dyslexia, and Why Homeschool a Student with Dyslexia. Finally, I encourage you to search out your local dyslexia association. If you have any questions, comments, or need prayer, please reach out.